0: Oh shit. Sorry, I got a trade offer. <laughs> Welcome in to the Hit Stick Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host for the evening, Chris not the quarterback Sims.
1: Was that authentic?
0: Yeah, I no, no joke. I looked down at my phone and like literally I have a trade offer right now. So I'm like, oh fuck. I need to
1: <laughs> attend to that. Immediately going from intro into Oh, sorry, I forgot it was my turn to intro. Well, cuz dude, I looked down at my phone and I'm like, there's oh
0: shit, there's a trade. I'm about to there's about to be a trade in our league.
1: <laughs> Well, welcome to the histic Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Long. Joined as I'm always, you're the intro host. Uh, not the quarterback, Chris Sims. Hello, buddy. How's it going? Will you get off your phone? We're in the middle of recording Th- a show. The trades. So, how are you doing today, friend? Uh, I'm doing better.
2: You know, my fantasy teams did pretty good this week. Uh, and We're uh, on to Cincinnati. So, yeah, you're I'm doing well. Cincinnati.
1: I was saving that button for the matchups, but I guess if you're going to go ahead and get into it, that's fine. That's fine. I'm doing phenomenally well. After uh, watching
0: my favorite team's Monday night performance, we got to see my boy Juju return his way to fantasy football relevance as Big Ben's arm is looking amazing. T.J. Watt was T.J. Watting all over the field, <laughs> making, you know, turning 15 carries from one of the league's best running backs into six yards.
1: Yeah, remind us what it's like to have nice things. I'm sorry.
0: I, I really am sorry. I really did want the Browns to
1: beat the Ravens because, you know, Nobody likes the Ravens. Yeah, nobody likes the Ravens, but they Except kicked Ryan. our ass. They kicked our ass. I got to respect. Got to give respect where it's due. And uh, Lamar and Mark Andrews and Dobbins and that defense and Clay's Campbell, they they murdered us. So. Say big tries. And as we would like to put it.
2: We're on to Cincinnati.
1: <laughs> we are on to Cincinnati. <laughs> All Sorry. right.
2: Sorry, I jumped the gun on that, Ryan. My bad.
1: Well, week one of fantasy football is in the books, and it felt real good to be back to a little bit of normalcy. Nothing seemed to go wrong that was out of the ordinary couple of injuries here and there. A couple of players that we didn't know were going to be used a lot. were used a lot. A couple of players were duds, but that's why we love this game, right? Absolutely. Yep, of course. All right, so let's talk about last week. Do some recap. Some recap here. Uh, Saquon Barkley. I want to talk about a dud first. Saquon Barkley. I if, figured we'd start on a high note and talk with the good people. No, I'm in a bad mood this week, so we're going to start on a low note. You know, I get it. I understand. Saquon Barkley. What was the stat line again? Uh, 15 carries for six yards. If you were in any kind of PPR format, he saved you with the six catches for. I I don't even 60 think in the air, but <sighs> not good.
0: No, because like I, I disagree with what you just said. I mean, even you didn't draft Saquon Barkley to put up 10 points. You drafted him second overall to put up at least 18 to 26 every week. So I'd be incredibly disappointed. Now, granted, what I took away from his game is don't start running backs against the Pittsburgh Steelers like Melvin Gordon this week. Stay the hell away from that.
2: Yeah, also, too, with Saquon, uh, being a Saquon owner since he's a rookie, um, I've really watched a lot of Giants games. And that's kind of how his, like, style is. A lot of, you know, one-yard, negative-yard, one-yard, one-yard runs until he breaks that one out for 80 yards. And you're like, oh, wow, he ran for 122 yards today. Good job. But it usually doesn't come except for on, like, one or two carries. So I'm not completely, like, sworn, sworn away from Saquon. I think he'll be able to do good. Just uh, going against one of the better defenses in the NFL this week. So Yeah, you got to respect him, man.
0: Was the RB30 on the week Oof. in half PPR format?
1: That's disgusting for a number two overall pick. But what's not disgusting is the RB1 this week. Chris, you can take a victory lap here. Woo! Somebody who I was rising on slowly, oh, and slowly, man. then it went like roller coaster, except the opposite way. I shot straight up. I loved him going into week one, and he delivered Josh Jacobs three touchdowns total, uh, 139 yards total, four catches on six targets. We got to see him do stuff in the
0: air. My girlfriend was notified about this because last year I was all about Chris Carson. So I was all like, babe, it's double C. It's double C. Now it's double J. (laughs) Double J this year. Josh Jacobs. Oh, How did you feel about Josh Jacobs' performance?
2: We're on to Cincinnati. (laughs) 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 I'll 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 admit some stuff when I'm wrong. I honestly like after they just kept getting rid of a lot of their guys and a lot of their top receivers were going down, I... Even last week, I was like, he, he might have to catch something. And, you know, he did. They actually gave him a lot more opportunities than I thought. He played on third down a decent amount, too. Six so, targets. Yeah, so, I mean, it's it's definitely not the outlook I was expecting for Josh Jacobs. So, you picked him up in the second round in
1: your fantasy drafts this year. You're definitely doing well, for sure. Yeah, we knew he was going to be used heavily on the ground. We did, we're hoping for more upside in the air, and it looks like it came last week. Is this a repeatable thing? Is this because it was the Carolina defense? Josh Jacobs was the stud. I mean, I don't think that...
0: I don't think you're going to get RB one overall from him every single week. I do think Carolina's defense played a role in that, but at the same time, I do think you're going to get high end wide or high end running back one numbers from him on a regular basis. Um, he did top Christian McCaffrey, who was the RB two on who the was week. the
1: RB two. So yeah, we'll move on. RB two, RB three. Ezekiel was yep. the RB three. Malcolm Brown and Naeem Hines rounding out the top four and five, and we'll get into them more in our waiver section. And even
0: Raheem Mostert sneaking in there, at number six. That's uh. Pretty solid there. Yeah.
1: Chris Carson at seven with only six carries, doing it all through the air in those touchdowns. That's fine. Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, usual suspects here. And then Clyde edwards to rounding out the top 10. All in all, a pretty predictable week for the top guys at running back, except for the Hines and... Uh, oh, drawing a blank. Malcolm Brown.
0: Yeah, it came out of nowhere.
1: Yeah, everything was pretty predictable. Wide receivers going forward, top five. Devontae Adams, Kevin Ridley, Adam Thielen, Darius Slayton, and Robbie Anderson. So, four and five in this position. Also, big waiver targets this week. Big. Oh, can they really do that? Uh, how do you feel about those guys? Well, I just think that Seta deserves a victory lap on his
0: own. Because I, I got to say, he was the first one on this train. And now, after watching week one, I am a full believer it is Calvin Ridley season.
2: Yeah, for sure. I I was ecstatic seeing his stat line, watching him play. and. The, the, a good thing too is it wasn't like Julio Jones didn't have a game. No, it he was the wide like, receiver nine. Yeah, and it wasn't like Russell Gage wasn't involved. Like everyone on there, he was wide the receiver fifteen. Yeah, all of their offensive weapons, pass catching wise, did pretty well. And Calvin Ridley retained that number two wide receiver ranking. So I'm I'm ecstatic
1: with how he played this week for sure. Yeah, I love Ridley myself and. You were right. You know, the passing of the torch looks like it's coming. And, I mean, Julio's still feasting. That offense, I was not expecting Gage to get as much run as he did. I thought Hurst would have more of those targets thrown his way. But three wide receivers reaching, like, nine targets and over 100 yards, that's bonkers. But that's the type of team they're going to have to be going forward because that's the only way they can stay in games is being a high-powered offense because that defense is trash. Yeah, definitely. And
2: you also got to be aware. I know it was Roby Anderson that was up there. Um, With those Panthers receivers, I feel like it's going to be a hit or miss every week on which one. So, I don't know. I, I think DJ Moore will retain that number one status for sure. But, you know, one week it could be Curtis Samuel. One week it could be him. One week it could be DJ. So, it's a little something to keep your eye on and who's getting those, you know, high money
1: targets. Yeah. Uh, another guy I want to talk about real quick, the wide receiver seven on the week, Deion, or wide receiver six, DeAndre Hopkins. Looking Look. good. Blue my mind. I, I like DeAndre Hopkins, the player. I was not expecting him to be the top guy like he was in Houston going over to Arizona, but holy hell that guy put up a stat line over there uh how did you feel about that game
2: honestly the the thing I was the most surprised about is how little Christian Kirk had any relevance in their offense
0: I was really disappointed in that because I I mean and granted you know we're in all different kinds of leagues and one of the leagues that uh, me and ryan are very um we enjoy a lot is our eight-man league because it's it's very close and it's very competitive and I he was on the waiver wire and like I, the whole time I'm like I want to pick him up, but then now after watching this, I think in every single format of a league you can put him on the waiver wire.
1: Yeah, I'm is. not. I was not a big Kirk Truther going into the season, but if DeAndre Hopkins becomes the guy there, I mean, 16 targets—that's just ridiculous. He's never had that many in his career in one game. 14 catches for 151 yards, no touchdowns. That's just—I don't know. I DeAndre Hopkins—he might have proved me wrong. I want to see it again another week, but. I am, I'm leaning towards, okay, Hopkins is the truth over there in Arizona now.
2: Yeah, Nuke Hopkins, he's one of those guys, you know, you kind of have to believe it until he doesn't do it anymore. So I'd, I'd hop back on that bandwagon for sure.
1: Yeah, Juju comes in at 7. Juju coming back to fantasy relevancy.
0: Oh, it's so great because I love Juju Smith-Schuster. I was so happy to see that. Now, on the other side, though, especially in any kind of a PPR format, Deontay Johnson, 10 targets. How about that? I mean, that's he led the
1: team in targets. Yeah, he was uh he was all over the place after starting off the game very rusty, I would say was the word. I mean, there were some drop balls, there were some misplays. Uh, ben looked rusty. I mean, it was his first game. And yeah, but as soon as that as soon as that uh, screen pass hit him in the ass when he wasn't paying attention, it was like and a the fumble. snap went off right there, and he was a stud. So, props to the wide receivers over there in Pittsburgh. They had themselves a decent game, and props to the Giants. They played competitively as competitive as you can against that defense. So. Uh, anything else you want to touch on these top guys here? I think we're good in, um. so well, then switch it over. Do we tight end still and stuff like that? Yeah. Well, real quick, I do want to bring up for the wide receivers, Jameson Crowder at eight and Sammy Watkins at 10. Those are some outliers. Jamison Crowder got it all done on seven catches, 115 yards. Sammy Watkins, seven catches and 82 yards in a tutty. Where do you guys value them going forward? I think that Jameson Crowder is, so if you're in a full PPR
0: league, Jamison Crowder is a high-end wide receiver three with wide receiver two upside on a regular basis. I like him a lot. He's very safe with that. If you're in a half PPR league, I think it downgrades him into a little bit of a flex. Same with standard. I do like him and Sammy Watkins. I need to see it from him consistently. If I had him, I'd be shopping him.
2: Yeah. I'm not too worried about Sammy Watkins. There's so many weapons on that chiefs team that any week, next week it could be Demarcus Robinson. The week after it could be Kelsey next week. You know, it just, it doesn't matter with them. It, their offense is going to be good. Um, but for Jameson Chowder, I think that he's kind of found that role as uh, Darnold's checkdown guy. It's his go-to. It's his quick read. And I think that, like Chris was saying, in full point, he's a safe play week in and week out now. He may not always get the yards like he did this week, but he'll always have at least some opportunity.
1: Yeah, I got to agree there. Uh, moving on to tight ends, Mark Andrews, top guy, not a shocker. Dallas Goddard coming in at two instead of Ertz. Bit of a shocker. I'm gonna talk more about that later in the hit section. Noah Fant coming in at three. I like Fant, but I was not expecting that performance. I was. TJ Hawkinson at four and Travis Kelsey at five. Tight ends were uh eh, not very great this week, but those top guys put up some studs, man. Yeah,
2: just always remember with the tight ends, especially if you're don't have one of the like the top, you know, four or five guys, um, be aware with the touchdown, you know, discrepancies. If they get a touchdown, that's a very, very good week for a tight end. When they don't, it doesn't look that great. But don't let that hinder your, you know, your thoughts on a certain guy because he didn't get a touchdown this week, or he did get a touchdown last week, and you were expecting him. There, no tight ends are going to have sixteen, you know, receiving touchdowns on the year. So just be aware of that.
0: Only like Kittle and Kelsey have a chance to do it. So yeah. So um, let's so since we're still just looking recapping, um, just things to touch on really quick. Mark Ingram, J.K. Dobbins. Either one of you concerned with the way things went down in the Baltimore Cleveland game?
1: Yes and no. Yes, because I'm a Mark Ingram owner in some leagues and that bottom line was gross. He didn't look good out on the field either. And this Browns defense wasn't very good. So Dobbins wasn't very special. You know, he wasn't efficient. He just got it done in the end zone. So I keep an eye on it, but I'm nervous if Mark Ingram, like if I went zero RB and Mark Ingram was one of my top targets, like that's, I'm starting to shiver a little bit.
0: Set of thoughts?
2: Yeah, I, I think they're both okay. Um, I think their running offense in Baltimore is going to be fine all season. Um, very easily, you know, Mark Ingram could have ran in one of those touchdowns, but he ran all the way down the field for him. So, I don't know. I think that both they are both still a solid play. Until J.K. really has, like, that takeover game, I'd still be okay playing Mark Ingram.
0: Yeah, I'm not concerned yet. I mean, they were, you got to think, factor in all the variables here. It was a blowout game. The Ravens didn't have a preseason. They wanted to see what they have in J.K. Dobbins. Why not put him, you know, in the play here? And then now, you know, for the Browns, it's just.
1: We're on to Cincinnati. Oh, my but God. But
0: I just wanted to see your guys' um, thoughts on that. I, I still personally am going to hold Ingram. I'm going to start him against Houston. I'm going to see how things play out. But it's definitely something I'm monitoring. Uh, Joe Mixon, he had a very bad game. Are you guys concerned at all? No.
2: I just think that was more of uh, the situation. I mean, also, too, you know, the Chargers defense, even though they did lose Derwin, um, their front seven is still very, very solid. Yeah. So that's going to, you know, definitely take a toll. Like, it's the same thing for um, when you go against the Steelers, when you go against the Ravens, when you go against the Chargers, when you go against the 49ers, when you go against those really, really good defensive teams, sometimes the great players don't show out. So I'm not too worried about Mixon. I think he'll get, um, he'll still get his looks. I was a little nervous though seeing Gio on the field a lot more than I was expecting though. Gio Bernard played a lot more. Um, you know, hopefully he doesn't just dis- you know, take that third down roll completely away from Joe, but I think he'll still be a safe play.
0: Okay. And then the last one, Austin Eckler. Any concerns? No, and I'll go into that with my hits this week. Okay, perfect. Just wanted to touch base on some of the high round players that disappointed.
2: You got you got nothing? I'm I'm out on Eckler. I think I've been out <laughs> on Eckler since uh P River got shipped. But um I just think that P. River loves to check down to the, the uh, running backs, and I don't know how often Tyrod's going to be doing that. So I don't know how, the relevance in Eckler. I feel like he is the classic, like, receiving back. He's the Tariq Cohens. He's the, you know, Naheem Hines. He's that type of back. And if he's not getting that receiving workload and another guy comes in and takes his rushing workload that he was supposed to have, it really hurts his, like, top two-round potential that he was going at this year.
0: That's fair. Do you guys have any other... Early round draft capital guys that disappointed that you may or may not be concerned about that you want to talk about right now.
1: I don't have an early round, but there is someone I was looking at and that's James White. Uh, he was kind of like the go-to back in new England for fantasy drafts, but seeing what the way they're running that offense with Cam Newton, that's a power run scheme. Now Cam Newton's running the ball. Sonny Michelle's running the ball. Burkhead's getting some carries. Uh, are you worried about James White? At yes, all? I am. And I was higher on, I became worried about him
0: coming up into the season when you look in the fact that like i everybody likes to compare cam newton and how he's good at utilizing throwing to the running backs and that's the people are kind of erasing the fact that he had christian mccaffrey yeah. when he was doing that he had the best
1: back to do it to.
0: and then you also look at the height difference between james white and a lot of the other running backs that he had it's just something that does leave me with a little bit of concern it does seem like new england wants to utilize running the ball a lot more i mean Mc, cam newton himself had 15 carries so i would be concerned if i'm a james white owner um you can't really do much with him besides his hold suit, but uh, I, I'm kind of happy I only have him in one league, and it was he was kind of just a throw in in our trade.
2: Yeah, definitely. I, I I feel the same way. I'm gonna stay away from the New England backfield. It seems like they uh, they might want to try to get their younger guys, you know, going. James White's kind of getting up there. He's like 27, 28 now, and you know, Sony Michelle was their high capital guy. They were gonna they're gonna run him into the ground until he gets hurt again. And like you said, Cam's getting all those red zone looks. Like Cam's back, man. Cam looks great. And I, and I was ecstatic for him. You know, I love seeing him in that New England Patriot uniform.
1: Yeah, I'm very excited to watch him, too. And I think he might be a top uh, quarterback, a uh, QB1 going forward. Uh, something to keep your eye on. Uh, moving on. Chris, you have some trade you want to talk about? Yeah, I,
0: I got some trade targets, some people that you should target, and some people that you should maybe think about getting rid of. Um, one of the things that's been highlighted is I really like the trade, as you guys you uh, heard in that intro. <laughs> as you did. I got me some Josh Allen. He's not in this section, though. So all right, let's start with the people you should be trading for. So Nick Chubb, Nicholas Chubb, Mr the man.
2: We're on to Cincinnati. Yeah,
0: he's on to Cincinnati. Which is a very good thing for Nick Chubb because Cincinnati's got a really bad run defense. So I'm not worried about the split. That we saw with Cream Hunt. I saw a lot of people in my group chats going nuts about it. They were kind of annoying the crap out of me with uh, people saying, oh my God, look at Cream Hunt. And I mean, Kareem Hunt's good. This is nothing we didn't already know. So... I do think that game script played a role in that. Do I worry about game script a little bit more with Chubb and being in Cleveland kind of a little bit? Does it concern me that he has to play Pittsburgh twice still and Baltimore again a little bit, but at the same time, Nick Chubb is still a phenomenal running back and he's still, if you have somebody that's concerned and you can buy him for like third or fourth round value, I would jump all over that. I would definitely in whatever league you're in, just send out a feeler and see how the owner is feeling about Nick Chubb. Cause if you can get him at a discount, Go for it. Don't trade Clyde Edwards Hilaire for him. That would be dumb. (laughs) But (laughs) inside joke. So, on to my next trade for target Keenan Allen. I like it. Another person that underperformed in week one. I was going to ask you guys if you were concerned about him, but I was going to talk about him now. He got the targets, he's a phenomenal wide receiver. I do think this Chargers team is going to take a little bit to get it together. You know, Ryan, your brother actually uh, threw an interesting stat at me earlier today, where he was talking about um, teams that had new coaches or quarterbacks. They went; uh, it was I can't remember what the record. It was like two and seven on the week, and it's because there was no preseason. There's no time to get familiar with each other. So I think if you can get Keenan Allen for a cheap price, go for it. And my third and final one, which uh, do you guys have any thoughts on? No, good. Go what about you? Said you- No, I, I like Keenan. My third go for target DJ chart. I do. I mean, three targets in a game that they were winning and competing in the entire game. It, reason to be concerned is there. I agree with it, but at the same time, this dude is a phenomenal wide receiver. I do think he is still Gardner Menchu's boy. I still think they're going to find ways to get him involved. And if you can get him for a cheap price, he's another person that I would love to snag. So those are some guys that I'd like to go for this week. I have been sending feelers out for literally all of them in all my leagues. Some people that I think you should sell. I think you should sell Chris Carson. It's concerning to me that he got six carries. It's also concerning to me that Carlos Hyde got seven carries. It's also concerning to me that it does seem like Pete Carroll listened to this podcast and listened to what Seta said and is finally going to let Russ cook. If I'd hear let Russ cook
1: one more goddamn <laughs> time <laughs> out of every fantasy analysis, even you guys, I'm going to lose my mind.
0: I'm just saying. they well, If you, they just
1: let him cook, you wouldn't have to hear it all Listen, the time. he's Mr. Unlimited. I get it. I love Russ. I just don't like that thing. But I'm just worried,
0: though, with the six carries, with the fact that Hyde's being involved, with the fact that Rashad Penny is on the pup right now and going to be coming back in the middle of the year to muddy that backfield up even more, with the other fact that DJ Dallas was a training camp darling and if he finds a way to show off on the field it's just things that concern me so Travis Homer had carries in that game (laughs) yeah like I I don't know what the hell is going on there when I first saw that game I was like oh my god I was wrong on Chris Carson I should not have made him a hit and then I looked at the stat line and I was like oh my god I was right on Chris Carson he was I'm I'm sorry made him a miss but sell Chris Carson the other person that you should sell in my opinion Zachary Ertz
1: Zach Ertz I I love it
0: but like you when you factor in Dallas Goddard being on the field for as much as he was and being so much more efficient than and And, I mean, it's just, they're in contract talks. It's not going well. They don't need to pay him. They have in a very good emerging tight end in Dallas Goddard. So, I mean, these are some people that I think you should be moving away from and trying to go get.
2: So, what are your thoughts if Zach Ertz gets moved?
0: If he were to get traded to another team... It would depend which team he goes to because honestly, when pass catchers get traded midseason, they don't tend to be that good that year. There's usually a learning curve because they got to learn an entire new system. They got to build chemistry with a new pass catch or new quarterback. It's just a lot. It's very, I mean, Emmanuel Sanders is really the only person that I've seen do it successfully. And he, it's not like he was like a dominant number one last year. Like he was just, he had games where he flashed. So, Honestly, even if he got traded, I don't think I'd be that crazy about him. Now, I do love the talent. I love the player, but it's clear as day that they're moving to Dallas Goddard. And the fact that Dallas Goddard is on the field just as much, stealing red zone carries and stuff, or red zone targets, it's just something that really does concern me. And he has enough name value right now where you can probably still go get something good for him. And he did catch a touchdown, so he has a skewed stat line.
1: I like it. I like it a lot. I'm a big Dallas Goddard fan, as we'll go into later, like I said. Uh, anything else before we move on to waivers you guys got any people we should target and go after no I agree on Keenan Allen that's one of the guys that I would be targeting right now uh, Carson is someone I would be moving away from DJ Shark someone I'm targeting you're right like all those guys are guys that I would want to target for trades right now
2: the one guy I would maybe throw in there who had a pretty quiet game um, on Sunday is uh, scary Terry I know we've talked about him a lot on this podcast so he's just a guy who had not the best week yeah I know he, I think he had three or four targets um or three or four catches, not that many yards, but um he's definitely one of those guys who will break out throughout the year for sure. So he's a guy to, you know, keep in mind if you're hurting at wide receiver and you're overloaded at another position, maybe look to move for him.
0: Sounds good. All right. Before we jump into waivers, do you guys want to discuss any kind of news? We do have a good amount of injuries here to cover on.
1: Yes, let's bring up these injuries. Uh the big one was Mack, Marlon Mack tearing his uh Achilles. Done Jonathan Taylor for time the year.
2: Jonathan Taylor. Sorry sorry about that, guys. I picked him as my hit last week. My bad.
0: (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, he was playing very well before he got hurt. So I mean, that's you can't really predict injuries. I, I wouldn't be too beat up on that one. But how does that play into that indie backfield? Well, it's a pretty damn big victory lap for every person that paid that fourth round draft capital on Jonathan Taylor. Absolutely. I mean, I everybody's going up and down about Hines, and rightfully so. But Jonathan Taylor is gonna have a year now.
1: Yeah, I'm very much excited because I am a Jonathan Taylor owner in I think he's leagues. a running back one. I think he could be too. I Behind think he that offensive
0: be. line, because yeah. Naheem Hines is not going to get the lion's share of the carries, and it's not like Jonathan Taylor, as you covered in your hit section, can't catch passes.
1: Yeah, he's very usable. He caught a few on a Sunday, so he'll be just fine, and I think he's going to be great moving forward. I'm loving that. Uh, Le'Veon Bell to the IR. To the IR. Now, the IR this year is only like three weeks, right? At, uh, it's minimum. possible but it could be yeah, longer yeah they can come off after three weeks yeah through this I season. know they were talking after the game they were saying Bell he could miss a few weeks so it sounded like it wasn't the worst injury in the world but then to come out today go into the IR how serious is this and how does that make the Jets offense look to you
0: I just want to you know date back about a month ago when he was on Twitter and he shouted my hamstring is fine
1: <laughs> I wonder if he still feels that way today. No. I don't know why Gase put him back in the game after he said, hey, my hamstring hurts. Gase doesn't
0: know why he did that either. He's like, well, actually, no. Gase said that to the media, but then he turned around like as he was walking out. He's like, yeah, I did that on purpose. He's out now. I, you don't got to worry about it. I he looked at Frank. And he's like, that guy. he
1: looked over at Frank Gore in the corner. And he's like,
0: we can finally be together.
1: <laughs> but uh, Jets offense, gross as it is, now with no bell. Other than Crowder and Herndon, I'm not looking forward to anyone there are you guys if you have Perryman he's still a hold if like
0: depending on what your waiver wire looks like I mean he's somebody I would be willing to drop but like it's it's tough I'm not crazy about that team
2: yeah I'm not too crazy about the Jets um like you said Perryman might be a decent option to keep especially because they lost Le'Veon so they're not gonna be able to run the ball at all let alone like for three yards of carry so you know they might be able to pass the ball a little bit more down the field so
0: I'd say start crowder, start herndon in some, you know, depending on what your situation looks like, stash Perryman and outside of that I'm out.
1: Yeah. Uh moving on, Michael Thomas, high
0: ankle sprain. Oh, he had a boy. real
1: down week this week.
0: He's looking like he's going to try to play
1: through this too. And that's the worst news in the world if you're a Michael Thomas owner. High ankle sprains suck you should miss I think they say two to four weeks or four to six weeks is like the minimal time that people go off the field for that type of injury and then when they try to play through it they don't ever go 100 percent. they're either going to get hurt in the game or they're not going to get the targets and the receptions and the plays because they're not going to touch the ball they're just there to be a decoy I hate this as a Michael Thomas owner what does this do to that Saints offense for you guys how do you feel about Emmanuel Sanders I love him now I'm well loves a little bit of an overstatement he's not my wide receiver one right now like Michael Thomas was but he moves into that maybe like top 36 for me. So what about you said? Got any thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, I I didn't I, he didn't seem like a big focal point of the offense, so it kind of made me nervous. They'll probably use him a little bit more with Thomas being banged up, but the guy in New Orleans that I think had a better game than I was expecting was Mr. Jared Cook.
0: And that's exactly what I was about to ask. You know, erase yeah. Alvin Kamara from the scenario. Which pass catching option would you prefer to start more in New Orleans? Is it Jared Cook or Emmanuel Sanders?
2: It's Jared Cook. Yeah, for me, it'd probably be Jared Cook just because, especially with Thomas banged up,
1: he'll get even more of the red zone looks, I would assume. Yeah, but Kamara is the a hot shot like who's going to reign in the most if Thomas does sit out yeah I agree just I'm, same same thing like last year
0: with Kamara yeah. being out what it did for Thomas so exactly. um, does this
1: hurt Drew Brees' value at all I think Drew Brees value was a little overcast beginning this season we saw that with like the hundred and something yards and a touchdown he had on Sunday it wasn't very good he's 41 years old he can't dish the ball like he used to he's still going to be okay and efficient he's going to give his short guys the ball I just don't see Drew Brees as a quarterback I want to play these weeks Okay, that's, that's
0: completely fair. What, what about you, Seth? I, I, I still actually think he's a, a decent option. He is still smart. He
1: still has a pretty good ball, in my still opinion. Still plays in that dome. Yeah. It's so. just, yeah, for me, not happening.
2: Yeah, for, for Drew, it, it all comes down to uh, how his skilled players kind of, you know, perform. If Kamara could break a couple big, big, long screen passes and Emmanuel can take a slant to the house, he'll be okay. But, you know, until Thomas comes back, I don't know if I'd confidently start Breeze until he's 100%.
0: He reminds me of Carson Palmer back in his days in Arizona with Bruce Arians when, like, he wasn't ever going to win you weeks, but you could just count on him to be reliable, get you that, like, yeah. 18 to 22 points, depending on if you're in a four
1: or six passing
0: touchdown league.
1: And he was always streamable. The thing is, Drew Brees isn't going to be streamable until he starts having real shit games where he's putting up single-digit points. Then someone's going to drop him. But until then, he's going to sit on someone's team and in someone's lineup, and I feel bad for that person. So well, I have Brees, so... Shut up. <laughs> I'm sorry to hear that, my friend. Uh moving on. James Connor. How serious is it? Um, which button is the WOMPS again? That's that's how serious.
0: I mean, did you see a look on Mike Tomlin's face when like he found out that James Connor was out? He looked in like, are you kidding me? Like I just defended you and said you're my guy. And and then on top of that. Benny Snell looked
1: good. Yes, he did. Yes, we're he did. We're going to talk
0: about him soon, too. Um, As a Steelers fan, I got to say, I am very happy I traded James Conner away. I mean, granted, the person that I'm trading, I traded him for. We're going to talk about here in a second because he's not injury-related, but he is in the news. But um, I don't know. It's just tough to really be in on James Conner after what you saw last year and what you've seen in his entire career. And it's not like, you know, I've said it multiple times, I love – the player and I love his attitude but the guy went through chemo like it's an amazing story but you it's it's like Todd Gurley's arthritic knee this is not like a can he hold up like he literally went through chemo his bones are not as strong as a normal you know it just it takes a lot so I, I'm very concerned if I'm a James Conner owner
2: yeah for sure I'm I'm all on the Benny Snell train I mean even if Conner comes back for a week or even two He'll ball out. He'll get his 30 points one week maybe, and then the next Probably week. Probably gets the Browns. But then, will he, though? Like and he And then comes his next back? week, he might get hurt, and then it's going to be Benny Snell for the rest of the season. So um, the big thing I want to take a look at is even through when, um, when the Steelers had D'Angelo Williams as their backup, their backup running back always is a guy to keep in mind because he gets the carries if someone goes down. So I don't see them if Connor's going down. Again and again and again, they might lean on Benny Snell to be the number one. So it's a good idea to keep in mind the rest of those backs in the backfield. Because if something were to some happen to both, who's getting that bell cow work? So just keep in mind, yeah. you know, who's in that Steelers backfield. They are the true getting, bell, bell cow work. team. Yeah.
1: And their offensive line is solid, so they're going to get work. Yeah, and that defense is going to stop teams, so they'll be running the ball a lot. Uh, any other injury news you want to talk about? Devante
0: Parker got hurt. I think he left the game. I'm not sure if he came back. It's just something to note on. Be on the lookout for that. Um, Kenny Galladay missed last week. Hopefully, he's able to return. Same with Miles Sanders. Mike Evans suited up and played. So, but he's still kind of banged up. Just keep an eye out on these players. Um, there are some other ones, you know. But you guys can keep up on some of that stuff. Yeah.
2: Any breaking news with any injuries throughout the week, or you know, coming up until Sunday, we'll definitely be able to you know post all those all that information on Twitter. So. You can always follow us there for instant updates for that.
1: All right, moving on to waivers. Week one waivers, the most important waiver week of the season. Isn't that right, Chris? It is. It's it is. a very, very important week. It is. Uh, the hot shots this week. Naheem Hines, Malcolm Brown for running backs are the two studs that are out there that everyone's whoa, going whoa,
0: after. Whoa, 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 You left out a really, really big name there. Who? The guy that got 100% of his team running James back Robinson? carries, James Robinson, starting running back for the Jacksonville Jaguars.
1: Yes, James Robinson. I said
0: that because they're all like Duval and stuff on their Twitter.
1: Yeah, you're talking about the running back 31 this week, James Robinson. I mean, it's done this week, but he's still starting <laughs> running
0: back. You can't say that about Naheem Hines. Hey, I'm, not,
1: I'm not knocking it. I, I would love to have James Robinson too, but we are going to talk about Malcolm Brown and Naheem Hines because they were the studs this week. Malcolm Brown was the running back four. Naheem Hines was the running back five. With the Marlon Mack injury, Naheem Hines was being used with Mack out there. He was getting the ball before Taylor touched the ball. Now that Mack's gone, Taylor's going to assume that starting back role, and Hines is going to probably get a more elevated receiving back role with some touches.
0: Which for Philip Rivers is a very valuable role to have. Very
1: valuable overhead. Like you're looking at pretty much a, I don't know, I'm not going to say Austin Eckler esque. Like I, would, I, don't know if I would say an Austin
2: Eckler clone.
1: I, if you think he's going to be that high, like I love him and I'm, I've am i got number one waiver priority, I'm taking him. Like, I hope he's that high, but I'm also the Jonathan Taylor owner, so I don't know if I can start both. But what do you see going forward for
2: Naeem Hines? So, the weird thing in Indy for me was after Marlon Mack went down, that's when, of course, when Jonathan Taylor started getting more, you know, rushing attempts and more rushing options and stuff. But he also started to get more receiving options and targets. So, it was almost like hey, are you trying to confuse us fantasy owners? Like, what are you doing down there? Like, I don't I don't get it. It seemed like you, they were trying
1: to, like, redshirt him. Like, they were like, you watch on the sidelines, see how running backs do it in the NFL, and then, like, a quarterback, like a rookie quarterback. just You just watch, and then we'll put you in when the time's right, and then guy gets hurt. It's like, okay, time's right. All you. Time's right. Get in there. <laughs>
2: and, and then I feel like they were, like, pretty confident in Taylor's skill to leave him out there for a lot of third down work. I know Hines had a great game, but um, Taylor might be so such a good player that he might just take over all all of Naheem Hines' value throughout the season. So definitely a good waiver ad for this week. Keep in mind and see how those snap counts and those rushing attempts go with
1: Naheem Hines. You got a big Okay, we can't use that because that's probably a copyrighted sound, even though you did it with your mouth.
0: I mean, coming out of my mouth, it's not We'll do the
1: breaking news sound for Hit Stick Fancy Football Podcast. we are on to Cincinnati. All right, what do you got for us?
0: Michael Thomas' ankle sprain is reportedly worse than originally thought. He is now expected to miss several weeks.
2: Yeah, normally for those high ankle sprains it's four to six, like you were saying, Ryan. So it could be anywhere between, you know, three and even longer. So especially for a right receiver breaking on those cuts, especially a receiver like Michael Thomas, that's what he's all about. Is those short little cut routes. He he can catch anything, but man, that hurts him for sure.
0: Oh, man. And then, I mean, since we're on it, there was another one. It was pretty mediocre. But the um, San Francisco 49ers have signed uh, Muhammad Sanu in replace of Debo Samuel going on IR. Ooh, that's right, yeah, Debo Samuel But nobody IR. cares about that. Michael Thomas is
1: missing time. Michael Thomas. Is that official? Are they officially saying this time? This is
0: Fantasy Pros, official. And our group, one of our uh, league group chats is going off with them roasting the Michael Thomas owner, saying, what are you going
1: to do? Because he also has Mike
0: Evans... And like everybody else, they got hurt. <laughs> oh, that
1: sucks. But I, as a Michael Thomas owner, like I kind of like like that news better than him trying to play it through. Like I was saying earlier. Now you can slap. Now him I don't have IR. to have him in my lineup. Now yeah. I can put him in IR. Now I'm not worrying like, oh man, am I going to get five points from him this week? Is he going to catch the ball maybe once? I hope so. So nah. Oh man, that's um Jared Cook and Alvin Camaro days, baby.
0: Emmanuel Sanders. Manuel Sanders. I mean, more reliable
1: man, Emmanuel Sanders.
0: We're going to talk about wide receivers here in a second, waiver wire. but since we're just on it, does this make you look
1: at Traquan Smith? It does not. Traquan Smith has always been like a touchdown or bust It's just something that we had. He's going going to be added like crazy now because of this news. Like You're going to see he's probably going to be the top wide receiver added tomorrow because of this, and he should not be.
2: Yeah, Traquan's been on that team for, I think, like three or four years now. He's done nothing. And he's always had a, a role. He's always had the ability, and even sometimes when people would get hurt, like Brandon Cooks, Back in the day, he would come in and do nothing again. So, yeah, I'm I'm not too hype on uh, Trae Kwan for
0: sure. Yeah. So moving forward, uh, Malcolm Brown, starting running back for the Los Angeles Rams. And if
1: you listen not to this, starting podcast, running back, he should be. He, he's the starting running back. He was not Cam Akers was the starting running okay. back, but he was he got the most work. And okay. He is the waiver wire darling right now behind Heinz. Wait till we have video hooked up and you can
0: see the quotations when I say,
1: okay, Cam Akers was <laughs> the starter. So how do
0: you feel about Malcolm Brown? I like him a lot actually. And I think that he's being highly slept on with like, I mean now granted if you're a listener of this podcast, You should already have him on your roster, and you should be trying to put in a claim for Naheem Hines or Benny Snell or one of these other guys that we're going to talk about because we did say last week he was a player to look out for. Um, The Rams have proven they like him. He's one of the only running backs on their team. They're confident in pass pass protection, so they can count on him to protect Jared Goff. They always keep him around. I mean, he is clearly they have interest in using him, and they showed that with Todd Gurley gone. This is a lot different than last year's week one when he also had two touchdowns because Todd Gurley's not there. Um, I like him a lot.
2: Yeah. Yeah. For me, I, I feel like I'm in the same boat there because, you know, like you were saying, even with Todd Gurley, like they split time. He got work. So even if Cam Akers comes out of nowhere and he's, he is that guy, or even Daryl Henderson becomes more healthy and he becomes that guy, I think Malcolm Brown's still going to get work. They confident in him pass blocking. He's a great red zone running back, and he just knows how to find the open space. When he's and running the ball,
0: that's I think he's gonna be the red zone running back, especially or the the goal line back, because even when Todd Gurley was on that team, he would take touchdowns away from Todd Gurley. So, and that's what makes him, in my opinion, the running back to own. I don't. I think Sean McVay has learned his lesson. I don't think we're gonna see a set quote unquote the guy at that on that team because look what happened with Gurley. They don't want to get another running back in position where they have to pay him all this money. They don't want to get another running where they're dependent on him and he gets hurt. So I like him a lot. That's really all I have to say. I actually, if somebody told me they wanted to pick him up over Hines, I wouldn't say they're crazy.
1: That's what I was going about to ask you. You have the number one waiver priority. Who are you taking, Hines or Brown? Benny Snell.
0: That's a fair point. It depends. I mean, it really all depends. I'm trying to, because like, if you're in a full PPR league, it's definitely Hines. If you're in a half PPR league, I think it's closer because I think that you're going to see more goal line work from Malcolm Brown. Um, personally, I think they're both very worthy of that. If I had the number one priority, I would use it on either one of them. Um. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so just to answer your actual question, Ryan, I would definitely go Malcolm Brown here. I think that Malcolm Brown doesn't have as much competition there. Um, we haven't really got to see. Uh, Cam Akers or Daryl Henderson in, in the full workload, getting the you know the good touches and everything. But I think Jonathan Taylor is very good. He's going to be a great running back, so it's going to hold back a little bit of Hines' upside. Where I don't know if Malcolm, like Daryl Henderson, can I, for Malcolm.
0: And I actually agree with that because the other thing is I don't Malcolm Brown can't be game scripted out where Naheem Hines can. If they're winning the game, it's going to become a Jonathan Taylor game, and that's a team that can win some games. I know they just lost to Jacksonville, but they're still a good team. So it's very close. I love both a lot. There's two players I would love to have, but I would lean a little more on Malcolm
1: Brown. All right. Now we moved on to... We uh, talked about Benny Snell earlier, so...
0: Now I think... Well, I think Benny Snell is just as good of an ad. I mean, he looked really good. I agree with that. He should definitely be added. I think James Robinson's name, though is somebody that should be talked about with Malcolm Brown and Aeem Hines. Because with James Robinson, this is a player that you can start all year long. That can probably be an RB B two. There is nobody there to compete with him for touches. Armstead has completely lost his spot. He's on COVID IR. Um, Devine's also on IR. He's done for the year. I mean, this Chris Thompson was completely ineffective. He's droppable at this point, in my opinion. So... I like James Robinson a lot. It's a guaranteed volume play. I mean, the same reason why you liked Le'Veon Bell, but minus the terrible schedule and everything with Adam Gase.
2: Yeah. The worst thing about James Robinson is his hype was built prior to week one. So he got a lot of pickups right before. Yeah. It was like right before week one, even a few drafts I did late.
1: Like he was taken, you know, towards the back end of the draft and stuff. So yeah, as soon one. as Fortnite was dropped, Armstead was picked up in every league, and then when Armstead's news started coming down, he was dropped, and Robinson was picked up in every know,
0: league. Div- you're forgetting Divine because Divine, yeah. unfortunately, was in the Divine. I don't section. know what everyone's
1: obsession was with getting the starting running back in Jacksonville, but
0: it's a starting running
1: back. It's a starting running back,
0: any starting running back is valuable, especially when there's nobody there.
1: Who, who which starting running back is valuable in Miami? That's what I mean, Gaskin. When you're having, <laughs> but you're not. I don't even
2: know who that is. I still don't know. <laughs>
0: You're just trying to be an asshole because you dropped be Jordan Howard. But that's the thing. <laughs> when you're talking about a team with a guy that's going to guarantee carries. So, like, in Jacksonville, he's guaranteed to have 14 to 19 touches a game. That's valuable. It doesn't matter who it is. That's a valuable fantasy asset. It's somebody you can play in a bye week. It's somebody you can play if someone gets hurt. Right now, it doesn't. it's funny, and it doesn't seem – Right now, because you know we're early in the year, there's not a lot of injuries. But to the guy that's rostering, Le'Veon Bell, James Conner, and Michael Thomas and Mike Evans, James Robinson's pretty valuable.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's that's honestly a good point too. Because a lot of these waiver guys that we're going to be talking about, like who we've already discussed and who we're going to keep going with, you know, these guys aren't aren't players that you need to immediately grab off the waiver wire and throw them into your lineup and and every single week put them in, put them in. These are guys to help build your team depth. And if you are weak at a certain position where you think they are the better option, go ahead and feel confident putting them in. But this is also to help you later down the line when your top five picks, one of them does go down, and you can put in a James Robinson. You can start Benny Snell if one of your, you know, Joe Mixon doesn't play for a week or something along those lines, too.
1: Yeah. Josh Kelly is the last name I want to bring up here on the running back list. I got a lot more. You got a lot more? Oh, yeah. Josh Kelly is the last one I wrote down because. He got some touches. Eckler got most of the carries. Nineteen carries for Eckler, which is like bonkers. I was not expecting that. But Josh Kelly was the other running back used. Uh, I'd add him if I had that uh, spot. There's a like guy him?
0: I would add before him. Who's that? Adrian Peterson.
1: Ooh, Adrian Peterson. A D all day. All day? <laughs> I,
0: I don't understand it, but like Adrian Peterson somehow pulled together a stat line. Where he put up 93 yards and was the most effective running back in Detroit. I mean, I realized Swift, I, I, that was a game I didn't get to see too much of. I know Swift uh, had a whiff. Yeah, Swift dropped that touchdown. touchdown but um, I don't know
1: if that hurts him going forward, like if they like punish him for that, or if they're like, you know, corrective behavior. You get back out there and you do it again. Because Swift, he got a lot of run late in the game. So, I think Swift might be the more guy to own there, and I'd... I don't like Detroit running backs as it is, so I'm not on the AP train, but, but if you're free. desperate, if you're desperate and you're going waiver and you don't have a top waiver priority, Adrian Pearson's perfectly fine. He's usable these next couple yeah, weeks.
0: Yeah, and he's free. Like, he's not, like, you You could have the last claim on your team and you're probably going to get him because all these flashy other people are there. So, I mean, it's just somebody, he's going to get carries, which, like I yeah, said, is yeah. valuable.
2: Yeah, AP is usually available in most leagues unless you draft with uh, someone named Pike shout-out Vikings. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, Chris, you said you had some other running backs or was that the last one? Just
0: some people to be aware of, um, you know, if you are hurt, you know, because I mean, there is legitimately people in leagues right now that had a running back core of Le'Veon Bell, James Conner and David Montgomery or, you know, where they're really just dealing with injury. So Frank Gore could be a good person to add. Carlos Hyde. He kind of worked his way into a committee. So these are just people, you know, if you really... I wouldn't want these guys over any of the people that we talked about. And I would definitely not be starting these guys over, like, players that I drafted. But if you're in some injury troubles, they could help you get through. Who
2: is Gaskin? <laughs> I'm still
0: confused.
2: I literally, like, I all right, A player played, you don't want on your team. He played for them last year. I, I know that, and I knew that. And then they acquired... Howard and Breda, and all I saw on their stat line throughout that whole game was nine rushes for 50 yards 10 rushes 62 yards like what who is this guy like I'm so confused you guys need to let me know who
0: this guy is so he is a running back that in my opinion holds zero value Jordan Howard became questionable at some point in time during that game and was held out for a little bit and then he came back in so he seems like he's fine it's definitely something to monitor um I don't want anybody on that backfield, to be honest. Nope. I mean, dropping Jordan, them all. if you're going to hold one, I still think Jordan Howard's the one to hold. You follow the money. They are paying him the most. They are going to give him the carries. He does seem to be the goal line back. So if any running back is going to have value, it's definitely Jordan Howard. I wouldn't just cut Jordan Howard to cut Jordan Howard. If you're going to cut Jordan Howard to pick up any of the players that we're talking about, I think that's a good move. Like, you know, I would definitely cut him for Hines, Brown, Snell. I wouldn't cut him for Kelly. I'd cut him for James Robinson. I'd cut him for Adrian Peterson. That's that's where the line is for my opinion on that. So, um, but I don't want Miles Gaskin at all.
2: Yeah, me neither. Thanks. I, I literally like, <laughs> I, I needed some input because I was, was like, Gaskin. I was so rattled watching those games. I'm like, I I think that's a guy that's like a 62 in Madden. Maybe
1: I'm not sure. <laughs> like, all right, you want to move on to wide receivers? Let's do it. All right, wide receiver ads. We have. Let's see here. Darius Slayton had a huge game this week. If he's out there. Oh, believe me. Christian Tropkoff reminded us in the group chat nonstop. He's still not worth DJ Moore. He's still not worth DJ Moore. But Slayton had a hell of a week.
0: (laughs) He did have a hell of a week. He doesn't deserve that.
1: Daniel Jones and him have a real good connection going from last year moving forward. So that's something I would keep my eye on. I would love to have Slayton on my team. If he's out there on your wire, go snag him because he's going to be used I know once Golden Tate comes back, it's kind of going to hinder into that. That's but what I was going to say. I still think – I was a big Shepard guy going into the season. You were the one who was high on ah, Slayton set over, weren't you?
2: Yeah, I really like Slayton for his like down-the-field um things, But he looked great in and out of his routes. Like He didn't look like the Slayton we saw last year. He had that big play ability. His speed is still there, but he was running real crisp routes. Yeah, and so Tyler Jones found a, a way to get him out. He looks
0: great. I absolutely think you should target him. Um, I Wouldn't expect what we saw tonight, especially because Golden Tate was not on the field every single week. And it's just kind of what he is. He's very boomer bust. But then again, outside of the top six wide receivers, most guys are. So it's not like, you know, he's a great addition. Definitely my favorite wide receiver pickup of the week.
2: Yeah, honestly, my favorite wide receiver that we're going to be talking about is Julian Edelman 2.0. The pride of the Bowling Green State University, <laughs> Scotty Miller. This is
0: literally the second coming of Julian Edelman, who went to Kent State.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I was so hyped. Like, honestly, it was almost like a like a gag throw. Like, hey, keep your eye on Scotty Miller. Like through the offseason. and he came in and he's played well. He's he's run that slot for him, and he he's 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 just consistent. He gets open and he makes his catches. And Brady loves those guys who are going to consistently make those catches. I thought it was going to be all Godwin. I, I he had a solid game, Godwin, but not nothing I was expecting. Nothing, none, nothing anyone was expecting. Yeah, nothing to bring, nothing to you know brag home about or anything like that. Whatever that statement is, but, <laughs> <laughs>
0: nothing to write home about. Yeah, that's that's what it is. I couldn't couldn't get that
2: one out. <laughs>
1: nothing but. to brag home about. Nothing to brag home about. <laughs> uh, I was gonna say
2: nothing to brag about, and then something else, and kind of just mixed them together. But
1: now the pride of the Ohio State University, Paris Campbell. I don't know how many waiver wire You said 22% he was owned in Yahoo League. Yeah, years. I looked
2: in my, I think in both of my Yahoo Leagues he's owned, but it said on the percentage it's 23% owned. So in about 75% of your guys' leagues, he's still
1: available. Go get him.
0: Now, I just want to be clear. Pick up Paris Campbell over damn near everybody that we've mentioned, unless yeah. you're like in dire need of a running back. I. I oh, it's tough. Paris Campbell or Naheem Hines? Campbell. I agree. I, I think I, Campbell too. I I, agree. I mean, this.
2: Just the Jonathan so Jonathan good. Taylor effect. Throughout the season, Jonathan Taylor might take over as the bell cow. If he can securely block, if he can catch passes as decent enough as he might, he might be irrelevant towards the end of the season.
1: He might be
0: better than Melvin Gordon. Paris Campbell or Malcolm Brown? Paris Campbell. I agree.
2: I think I'd still go Campbell yeah. here.
0: Get Campbell if he's on your waiver wire, 100%. Um, next wide receiver to I have on my list uh, that I want to talk about, Russell Gage. Yes. He should not be on your waiver wire, but if he is, absolutely scoop him. Uh, he's a third option for Matt Ryan, clearly. I do think that Hayden Hurst is going to reappear, and I think you're going to have a lot of weeks where it's like, is this a Russell Gage week or is this a Hayden Hurst week? And you won't know, but he's definitely worth having.
1: Yeah, having three wide receivers with 100 yards is ridiculous, so – I think Russell Gage is a perfect add,
2: especially if you don't need to play him yet, because he's a perfect guy that, like you were saying, he may disappear a week or two, but if for some reason Calvin or Julio were to get banged up and miss a game or two, you've seen that he can conf- you can confidently put him in your lineup because even with those two out there, he came down with eight catches and almost 100 yards. Like I think he might have been right I mean, he over. Had, on, he had over 100 yards. Yeah, he yeah. was like a 1-1 Nine catches like. and 100 and something yards. Yeah, like they were- so you know he can actually do that on the field, so it's a good play to... You know, confidently throw him in there if one of those guys were to go down throughout the season.
1: And with how bad that defense is, they're going to be throwing everywhere every game. So they're going to spread the ball. He's worthy to add now. Definitely hold him. If anything were to happen to those top receivers, he becomes a wide receiver three, at least, in my eyes.
0: 100%. Um, I mean, that's, yeah, that's really all you have to say about him. He's phenomenal. The yeah. next person on my list, somebody that I feel like you guys are higher on than I am, that is uh, MVS himself. Uh Marquez Valdez Scantling,
1: I'm not buying it. I hate, I hate Scantling, and that's like I don't hate him as a person. I just hate him in fantasy because he's someone hate him throughout as the person. years I've owned all the time. He's throughout someone I've played in DFS all the time, and he never produced when I put him in my lineup.
0: Oh, I hate him as a person almost as much as I hate Jordan Howard.
1: A little moment of silence for that. <laughs> <and maybe. laughs>
0: Um, Moment of silence for Jordan Howard. Yeah, for me,
2: I've always I've always followed the Packers pretty thoroughly, and I always think that uh, Aaron Rodgers' number two receiver is very valuable, and he hasn't really had a guy over the past like few years, and that's why Devontae's been tearing it up.
1: Devontae sounds- te- tore it up again. Yeah, so and Lazard was still that's Lazard was the two there now and Lazard was good. I think Mm.
0: Lazard's the two and that's why I don't want Scantling because I do. I don't think Scantling has had so many opportunities to prove he can be the number two and he has just never done it efficiently enough to solidify that role. So I, you know, if you're desperate and you want somebody you could start, that's fine. I'm not actively going after him. I wouldn't drop Rashad Perryman for him. Let's put it like that. Any other wide receivers you want to talk about? Um, yeah, I got two. So somebody else that – I think this one's worth an add. I don't want to start him. I'm not crazy about him. I'm not stamping any form of approval on him. But if you have, you know, somebody got hurt. If you have Michael Thomas and you have IR spots, you can put him on your IR. Corey Davis is a person to add. This is somebody we've been losing. <laughs> exactly. I, I don't disagree with that statement. But he did catch seven of eight targets for over 100 yards. Devonte Parker had the fifth year breakout. Were you reading me his last year stat line? No, I'm reading you his game 1 stat line. <laughs> um the Titans passed a lot more. You know, I mean Tannenhill looks really good and we lo- it looked like we're going to see a little bit more of what we saw last year where there's going to be a, a high touchdown upside for Ryan Tannenhill. They threw the ball a lot more than expected. I want to say they had they I know they had over 30 passing attempts while uh, Henry still had 30 carries. Yes. So and they they ran a lot of plays. I mean, I it's just He's going to be on the field. He's definitely an option. I still want A.J. Brown and Jonu Smith over him. But like I said, if you have a free spot, he's worth an add. I would not start him until I see at least three games of him doing what he's doing. But it's somebody to look at. And then the last person I have on my list is um actually somebody I'd like to have over him. But that's a
1: Leviscus Chenault. Leviscus Chenault.
0: Uh, He looks good, and he also, he's getting some carries out of the backfield, which is something that, you know, is definitely a big boost that Robert Woods-like effect there, and he also seems one of the other reasons, I mean, I'm definitely saying bye, bye, bye DJ Chark, but uh, one of the things that concerns me a little bit is Chanel had some red zone looks, so if he takes that away, a little bit of those away from Chark, this is a team that we project to be losing a lot, to be in a lot of pass-happy situations. D.D. Westbrook has completely failed as everything, and I he's absolutely garbage at this point. Um, so, sorry, D.D. D., I, I don't even was, think he was
1: active this week, was he?
0: I know he wasn't, but it's just, you know. I mean, I know he listens to the show, so I don't want <laughs> to hurt his feelings too bad, but, you know.
1: Well, how nice of you. Uh, moving on to tight ends. Moving on to tight ends. Tight end that should not be on your waiver wire, but it might be, is Noah Fant. That's my top ad of the week. If you're 100%. going for tight ends, one hundred percent. If he's there, snag him. Don't let anyone else get him. I would take him over everyone on this list except for maybe Paris Campbell and uh, Hines and Brown. So you would add
0: Noah Fant over um, like over Darius Slayton, over Benny Stell, over James Robinson.
1: Not over Slayton, over the other guys. Yes,
0: you would add him over Robinson. Yeah, interesting. Fair.
1: Yeah. I, I, compl- I think I think he's going to command that usage. We were like hoping for that upside and he had a hell of a game this week. So I, I think he will be a focal point of that offense, especially if Sutton is banged up, even if he comes back, he's not going to be a hundred percent.
0: And that's what concerns me a little bit. Now Judy, Judy
1: looked good, but Fant looked great.
0: If you're in a fab league, how much fab or how much percent of your fab are you using on him?
1: That's a problem. Cause I don't like, I wouldn't want to spend fab on a tight end, but if he's, if he's there, I'm probably going maybe 20%. Fair. What about you said? Yeah, I, uh,
2: like, like you were saying that right before you gave your percent like I don't know if I want to spend that much on a tight end um no. but if I'm really weak and you know I had Blake jarwin and then someone else just get banged up tight end wise if I had some guys who aren't you know playing good I would definitely look at it maybe like 10 15 of my fat but definitely think about that waiver wire for him for sure if you don't have the fat setting
1: uh, another person that's out there is Dallas Goddard. The tight end won this week. Ooh, Dallas Goddard. Oh, man. I'm going to talk about him in my hits, but if he's out there, I, I don't like him more than Fant going forward, but I Light. like him almost just as much. So Dallas Goddard played
0: 79% of the snaps. Yeah, that's we might as well go into my hit for this
1: now because this is our last part of the segment. Well, we got,
0: I had one. Well, there's one more tight end that we love Thomas, about. so we can so we, we can save some of this if you're going to talk about a hit. So uh, we'll we'll push this on the back burner, but definitely add Dallas Goddard. Yeah. And then the last person that's on our list is a uh, Logan Thomas, Logan tight Thomas end for the uh, Washington football team. I really almost did it. I almost said it. I saw
1: it. Like you wanted to say it. Like I it almost was in your said eyes. it. You were
0: like. <laughs> like a little, a little anger came up when you were trying to say that it was it, it, i caught myself there so, you know. but um yeah i he looked really good and he's definitely getting a good amount of targets um it's somebody that you know a tight end's a wasteland of a position so if you can get somebody that gets the opportunities definitely uh go out there and grab that
1: and you can probably get him pretty cheap too because yeah, no easy. one's gonna spend fab on them no one i don't know how many people are gonna use a waiver priority on him because not many people are a, looking are... for tight ends if you're gonna use a waiver priority i'm sorry but check back first thing in the morning and try and beat everyone else to him once he becomes a free player to grab.
0: Like, I don't even know how to say like their team anymore. Like, you know, they say like, nobody's going to use a lot of their waiver priority. And if you're talking about the Jaguars, especially on a Jaguar, like, what do I say? Like, especially on a football team, especially on, a football teamer. <laughs> especially on the, on the, on a football team here on those footballers over there. I literally
2: referenced them as the football team one time. And someone was like, what team? I was
0: just
1: like, All right. We're going to move on to our hits now. Chris, why don't you give me your first hit of the week?
0: So my first hit of the week is somebody that I actively just said you should be targeting in trades. This is a uh, Thursday night player. It's Nicholas Chubb of the Cleveland Browns running back. Um, I'm not worried about what I saw last week. Like I said, game script really took him out of that game. The Cincinnati Bengals, they're not the Baltimore Ravens. Um, I expect this to be a much closer game. It's also back in Cleveland. It's also a team that Baker tends to play really well against. So... I think that we're going to see a different Nick Chubb against Cincy, who has a terrible run defense. And, yeah, I'm all about him this week. I think he's a smash play.
2: Yeah, I definitely love Nick Chubb, especially in this matchup. Um, one bright spot about Nick Chubb uh, earlier or during week one against the Ravens was, you know, he lined up out at receiver a couple times, and they actually threw him the ball. So it's not like he's not going to get any targets or any receptions or anything like that like people were expecting with Kareem playing the full season, so he definitely has a lot more upside than people were expecting for sure. Yeah, and if you can buy him low, definitely someone to target for
0: sure. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure I instilled confidence in our listeners that if you know if you drafted Nick Chubb, this isn't what you should expect to see from him on a season-long basis, and you should definitely be confident plugging him back into your lineup this week. Not that you really had a chance to pivot from him, because based on where you drafted him, I doubt you have somebody, I mean, if you have a super stacked lineup, but I still would play him.
1: Yeah, nobody's panicking about Saquon Barkley, are they? No. No, so play Nick Chubb. He's fine. Exactly.
2: Stato, why don't you give me one of yours? All right, so my hit of the week is going to be another running back out of uh, the Bills Mafia, Buffalo Bills, Mr. Zach Moss. Uh, the main reason why I think he's going to be a nice play this week is uh, they're going to be very game script dependent. Their defense is solid. I don't see the Dolphins um, you know, putting up any points on them, especially with Devontae Hurt. So I think it's going to be a run-heavy game for both him and Singletary. And I think that Moss is going to get a lot of those red zone looks like he did before. So I'm all on Zach Moss this week.
1: And a run-heavy game for Josh Allen. Yeah, that's the thing. Are you worried about Josh Allen taking away his goal line carries?
2: Yeah, I mean, that's something that as long as he's on the Buffalo Bills, you're going to have to you know keep that in mind that Josh loves to tuck it on the five-yard line and literally just snake away all of the running back's touchdowns like the asshole he is. <laughs> um, but... You know, Zach Moss is a is a very good player. So eventually, he's going to be able to work his way into that goal line role too.
0: And just for the record, I'm not worried about that at all. I think that I agree with everything you just said. Zach Moss is a great player, and this was his first NFL game. And we saw him get 11k, or we saw him get nine rushing attempts. He got most of the goal line work. He's also utilized in the passing game a lot, which they you know, they they seem to be passing more, even in situations where they are winning. Yeah, Josh Allen might snake a touchdown goal here and there or a touchdown. Or, A goal line look here and there. But still, if Moss improves, which I project him to do, he's going to start converting on those goal line carries.
2: And the one positive about Josh Allen snaking those uh, touchdowns on the red zone is that means they're going to probably be winning more. So, you know, the next drive when they get the ball back, it's going to be all Moss and Singletary. They're going to want to, you know, make sure they manage that clock well. So it's a bummer in certain instances to get those six points, but he'll still get a lot more attempts, I think.
1: All right, I like it. I like it. I'll keep the running back train going myself. And moving on to a big bounce back game, I believe, is coming from Austin Eckler. Running back for the Los Angeles Chargers. He uh, he had 19 carries last week, which was bonkers. I was not expecting him to be that involved in the run game, and he wasn't involved in the pass game. Only had one target, one catch. Didn't do too well there, but he had a decent floor for himself. Uh, he's playing against the Chiefs this week. Chiefs are not very good against the running back, and the Chiefs put up a lot of points, so The pass catching will be back for Austin Eckler. He's still going to get the ground carries to start the game. I think he's going to be just fine, and he'll be returning that value where you took him this week. So go ahead and use Austin Eckler. Uh, Chris, who's your next?
0: Yeah, I like that one a lot. My next uh, hit of the week is uh, Paris Campbell of the Indianapolis Colts. This also goes for T.Y. Hilton, but I'm going to talk about Campbell because if you drafted Hilton, odds are you're playing him anyway. But Paris Campbell is somebody that should be plugged into your flex spot this week. Uh Seta, you highlighted this last week. Uh, playing against Minnesota, who has two rookie cornerbacks that just got destroyed by the Green Bay Packers. Also, I just love the explosiveness of Paris Campbell. I've been talking about him a lot this offseason. He's a phenomenal player. He also, for the record, led the Colts in targets. So he kind of runs those like mid range routes, which is perfect. That's right in the like that's right in the bread and butter area for Phillip Rivers. So I I definitely like him a lot as a play that you can, you know, especially to put him in your flex spot, he has a lot of upside. I like that
2: a lot. I like that a lot, Seta. All right, so uh, my receiver hit is going to be one of my actual hits for the year. Uh, That's Mr. Calvin Ridley. And, uh, you know, Calvin really showed out this week, and I hope everyone drafted him early like I did. Um, But he's going up against the Cowboys defense, and it should be a little bit more of a high-scoring game. I know with the Rams, it was only 20-17 to There's still a lot of offensive plays, both sides. Both of all the players had very good fantasy days. So I'm expecting the same from this
1: matchup too.
0: I love Calvin Ridley in every matchup.
1: Yeah, there's no there's no stopping him. Like I said a million times this episode, Falcons defense is bad. I think the Cowboys are gonna put up a bunch of points on them and they're gonna be playing catch up. And Calvin Ridley's gonna feast. So I like that a lot. Uh my next one, I'll do a wide receiver as well. Michael Gallup for a bounce back game. I'm going big bounce back games for uh this hit section. Uh he didn't do too well. He had that pass interference called called against him that really took away his uh, fantasy floor. Only had five targets for three catches, 50 yards. Nothing great, but he still got his career average of 16 yards per reception, something that is a good sign that you want to see. So he's going against Atlanta this week, and like I said just a second ago, they're going to put up points, and Michael Gallup will get his this week, so go ahead and feel safe playing him again. I know he let you down this week, but don't let him let you down again. Put him in your lineup. Uh I'll end this one with my third uh, hit. Uh, Dallas Goddard. I know someone we talked about on the waiver priority. Uh, Dallas Goddard is kind of coming into his own as the tight end in uh, Philadelphia. They use a lot of two tight end sets, more than any in the, uh, anyone in the league. And Ertz and the Philadelphia Eagles are not getting along right now from what we hear. So... I think there's going to be a lot more Goddard involved in the pass game. And with that banged-up offensive line, they're banged-up weapons. They don't have much to work with. Miles Sanders is probably questionable going into this week. We don't have any guarantees. Goddard's going to be used, and he's going to be used a lot. He's going to find the end zone, I think. So I think he was a tight end one this week. I think he'll be a top-five tight end this week, too.
0: Yeah, especially going against that um, Aaron Donald-led pass rush, again, with the Rams, you're going to see a lot of check-down passes to the middle of the field, which is exactly where the tight ends line up. My final hit is also a tight end. Same game. It's kind of funny. We're just, like, rotating (laughs) sides. And that is Tyler Higbee, tight end of the Los Angeles Rams. I love Tyler Higbee a lot this week, especially when you factor in that uh, Gerald Everett got banged up in that game. and he did. And then very similar to my argument a second ago is, you know, that Rams offensive line—it's nothing to—it's nothing to brag
1: home about. So <laughs> exactly, exactly, <laughs> nothing to brag home about. So
0: you know when you factor that in, you got uh, Tyler Higby, somebody that Jared Goff—he he really seems to be one of Jared Goff's security blankets, and um, I just like him a lot. I think he's going to get a lot of targets
1: looked his way. All right, Sada, what do you got for me?
2: All right, so for my last hit, I went tight end as well. I went for the tight end for the Tennessee Titans, uh, Mr. Jonu Smith. And he had a very, very solid week, week one going against the Broncos. Um, And honestly, the main reason why I picked him is you guys are going to notice this is probably going to be a theme. Whoever's going against Jacksonville, they're going to be hits. (laughs) (laughs) They're going to be hits. I know the Jaguars played decent. They actually won the game, but almost everyone on Indy played well fantasy-wise. So that's what we're looking for. It's not just about wins and losses in the NFL. It's about getting you guys wins. So I'm all about Jonu this week. And I think he's going to have another stellar year. It's another week against Jacksonville.
1: All right, can't argue anything there, Chris. Is that it? That was it for our hits. So. Right, that's it for this episode. <laughs> yeah, so uh,
0: we're running a little longer today, so we're going to bring you, um, bring you a bonus episode here. Um, you know, coming up here shortly. Not uh, real
1: bonus. It'll just be a matchup. It'll come out on Thursday. But thanks for listening. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at the HitStick Fantasy, or just at HitStick Fantasy at on Hitstick Instagram Fantasy. at HitStick Fantasy. Find us on Facebook. Follow us there, uh, Gmail. Hitstickfantasy at gmail dot Talk to us. Yeah, and definitely like from um, you guys.
0: Reach out to us. You know, if you have any waiver questions that we didn't cover, and you want, you know, you can always message us. You can always say, should I drop this guy for this guy? We'll be happy to help. So, all right. Thanks for listening.
1: Peace out, y'all. Love Alan Robinson this week.